Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hannah, this is Kelty. We're upbringing. We're live at five ish. Uh-huh. As usual. <laughs> Those damn bloopers. I was late. Anyone who uh-huh. grew up with us would relate to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're usually on time now. Uh, we had some things to do, some people to care for, um, some hair to not brush, um, and we're here. Um, we're excited to see all of you folks um, trickling in here, mm-hmm. um, waving at you. Uh, we're here. We're talking about parenting for sanity and social change, mm-hmm. growing up ourselves, raising a child that we love and a family we care about mm-hmm. for also a greater um, social good, right? Raising another generation that can go out there, know who they are, know what they deserve, be able to not just have that personal insight, but also be able to extend that empathy to others, right? Yeah. And, and that happens. Oh, through thanks. Our, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. through our discipline, <laughs> through by um, practicing powers beyond control. All those things that we have been conditioned to think are part and parcel of the parenting in most institutions. That hierarchy, control, domination, all those things that we just, we actually don't need to be doing with our kids. We can be having a respectful conversation, practicing what we call a resist approach, which many other people have um, different acronyms, different programs, different approaches or models for. Um, we're all out there struggling trying to make sense of the melee, the chaos that is being a parent in captivity right now and so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, We're grateful you're here. This week we're talking about specifically um, family plans, family agreements, manifestos, rules to live by. Um, And we're kind of getting into that a little bit. We, We brought up Brene Brown this uh, this week, and not in the like, we love Brene, we do love Brene, but in a like, Brene's family gap plan has some gaps in it, and we want to talk about that tonight too, mm-hmm. um, if you all are excited <laughs> to talk about it. Otherwise, we are always here for you to jump on, type in what's going on with you, big feelings, challenging behaviors, stressful situations, not knowing what to say, how to say it, what to do when your kid this, but what about when this? Mm-hmm. That's what we love talking about. Absolutely. I think so often we find ourselves feeling that dissonance when we are parenting from white patriarchy, when we're parenting from the control mm-hmm. approach that a lot of us were raised in, that's very um, common in our culture and a lot of institutions, including parenting. And we know at a certain point, gosh, this doesn't feel good. Maybe I don't want to be disciplining this way. Maybe I don't want to be using consequences, timeouts incentives, rewards, um, shame, 
those types of things. I don't want to do that, but what else can I do? And that's what we want to talk about. Not just giving you all permission to not use control when uh, you struggle with your kids, but saying, okay, well, so what does that actually look like? What does that sound like? But how? Right. That's what we want to uh, expand on today and explore with you. Mm -hmm. Someone just typed in and asked how we apply these things with our partners. How do we use the resist approach outside of our our kid situations and we absolutely do and that's why we like talking about this so much of what we talk about at upbringing is based in respectful parenting nonviolent communication all of these things that that are really human to human it doesn't even have to be parent to child it's saying you have a need i have a need what can we do to get those needs met we run the resist approach with our partners and with each other very often we're like i respect you're a different person okay this is not the kelty show okay I'm centered now. There's someone else. Man, I empathize. I hear that you want this. Okay. Seems like you really don't like this thing. Seems like you're feeling frustrated. That's what I'm hearing. Is that right? Okay. Then we sync up. I get that. Here's what I need. Here's where I'm coming from. Okay. Got that on the table. Finally. Usually we start with that in the resist approach. We bring that up in the sync up step. Then we innovate. What can we do? We need ideas. How can we get your need met and my need met? I'm not saying that your need doesn't count. I'm not saying your need is bogus or obnoxious. Sometimes it feels that way. Or secondary to me. I'm saying we live in an egalitarian home, a respectful place where everyone's voice and needs are respected and valued and acknowledged. Right? So regardless of how much power you have. Thank you. And then after the innovate step, we can summarize. Seems like we're not seeing eye to eye. Right? Or... Sounds like you wanted to do this and I wanted to do this and we found and met a place in the middle. And then we go to the trust step where we can say, wow, that is so cool that we got to this place. Or I can storytell about my experience around, I'm trying to think of like a thing about uh, with partners. Or we um, can agree to disagree and I'm going to trust model. in our relationship in this process I love that. that we're going to continue to do over and over again because we're growing up together. We're figuring out what our needs are. We're figuring out once those needs are aware of and and brought to the table what are your needs let's figure these out together right yeah but i think we all grew up in these in these situations not just in our homes or with our parents a lot of us are very close with our parents still regardless of how we were raised um and but i think we were steeped in this culture of one thing is put uh, someone's needs puts the others at risk constantly And a lot, there's a lot of tension in saying what you need or what you want or why you want it. And it, and it cripples us in these moments with our family members, especially when we're seeing everyone more often than not, um, the way we are, (laughs) um, but also just the grind, the partnership stuff, the sibling stuff, the the kids stuff. Mm -hmm. And we, we can default back to these moments of, oh, I'm tense. Oh, I don't want to go into this conflict. Oh, it's a challenge. Oh, someone's disagreeing with me and I don't know what to do. And I think that hopefully what we can be giving you permission to feel and what we've been trying to give ourselves and each other permission to feel is a sense of calm and confidence going into these situations saying, it's going to be okay. It's okay if we have different views. It's okay if we come from different places. It's okay if we're expressing ourselves in ways that make the other uncomfortable. We care about each other and we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think, as you mentioned, Kelsey, we've all been conditioned to believe that conflict is bad. The conflict basically means the person in power with the most power privilege gets to win, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that that's really tough when we're with our child, we believe, well, we naturally need to win probably. And then we go into a situation with our parents and believe that they might actually have to win or that we have to then um, kind of figure out a way to make them happy, right? We have all of these different layers of hierarchy and control. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying, Kel, it sounds like is like, We can just bust all of those out. We don't have to do any of those. We're just all humans trying to get our needs met. Mm -hmm. Molly says, my three-year-old was mad at me because I wouldn't play until he put on his pants. So he emptied out everything he possibly could in the playroom. It was so hard to resist today. Oh, man. Oh, that's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. I got punched by my four-year-old today because I was trying to resist approach through him trying to have a third banana and it was hard it came out of nowhere it was really um really tough surprise banana conundrum it was banana o'clock i know that our regulars here know are well um versed with banana o'clock here but that's so hard it's so hard and you have to decide okay where do i step in Mm -hmm. is it okay if he dumps out all of the toys on the ground Mm -hmm. 
you know, or it, do I have to hold a limit? You can dump out two baskets at a time because that's just too much to clean or up. Or is that we, we're not going to play now until you put everything right. away? Right. Or is it ante? like an amazing way for him to get his energy out and his anger? And it's very adaptive dumping out baskets instead of punching little siblings or cats or throwing things at our heads, or for pummeling example. You like my it's son. all relative, right? Yeah. That's a lot of uh, mental kind of recalibration for you, though. I'm sorry. Someone said, thank you. You're both so generous and wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Someone said, my six-year-old argues and says no to everything. How do we avoid ending up at the point where just say enough, which just shuts him down? Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes two people to argue. So that's something I, I try to remind myself of when I get into these things with my mm-hmm. partner, with Kelty, with my kids. Wait a second. Oh my gosh, they're not just arguing at me because arguing means two people have come into a conversation, right? Yeah, and a conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that we don't need to get to a place of enough. We need to get to a place of you're needing this. Okay. And I need to just hold this limit warmly mm-hmm. or this boundary warmly. I often okay. think that with a six-year-old, then we get to that point where we're like, I just need to convince them. I just need to rationalize through why this is important, right? And all we really need to do for any age child, but especially for a six-year-old who wants to argue with us, is to just listen to them. And right? uh, this this person that wrote in said, he's generally a good kid, but so much, quote unquote, no but. No but. All kids are good kids, whether they act like a quote unquote good yeah. kid or make us frustrated or not. I want to add that really quick. But when a kid says no, but then we can say yes. And as in, I'm going to validate that impulse. You don't want to do that, but this thing. So what about this thing? Mm -hmm. And that's when we need to downshift and be like, okay, going into resist mode, going into curious mode. When our kids resist us, we can resist these cultural influences that say, shut that shit down. Right. I think often when our kids say no, but that's when we were like, wait a second, my agenda, my expectations, this was supposed to go a particular way. And we forget (laughs) That Isn't we're on that real life. We're on stage <laughs> with another human, right? Our kids have every right to resist us. They have every right to say, whoa, 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 wait a second. You're insisting about something that in my body, maybe my hygiene, my bedtime, my eating, my willingness to clean up, all of these types of things. Hey, I have a thought about that. I have an opinion. We want to preserve that that inner spark, that inner wisdom and authority of kids. Um, uh, very healthily resisting and saying, wait a second, no, but, you know, we want to, they're, they're saying, I want to be part of this conversation. I want more power and agency over my life. And so it's hard because it's like, it's not as quick as just saying, uh, mm-hmm. no, but you just do this. They're saying, wait, 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 uh, I'd like to have a conversation about this. And that's not a power struggle. It can just be a conversation. If we just say, tell me about that. Okay. You're not wanting to do that yet. Why not? Okay. Tell me more. want to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm in the empathize step, right? We move all the way through the resist approach saying, ah, oh, but sync up. we got to do this thing, right? You can download the resist approach on our website, but it's a conversation that our kids often, very often through their resistance, show us they want to be having. That's where all the skills are built, right? That's where their spirit is preserved in a really beautiful way. And we can still get shit done. Mm-hmm. We can still help them understand, right? And bring them in on why toothbrushing needs to happen every night, right? Or why we can't eat when we're not at the table or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. But no, but I love that Kelty is saying we get to respond with yes and, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying, no, tell me more. Yeah. I want to know about that resistance. I want to honor that spirit within you. It's so easy for us to look at our kids' resistance and be like, pain in the ass, going against everything I want, shut <laughs> it down. They can't be a difficult person. Oh, strong-willed child. Don't tell anyone that sounds terrible. I don't want them to be doing this. And I think that what we like to do here, based on all the trainings we've done, based on all the research we've read, is say resist. our kids' resistance is the roadmap. Mm-hmm. It's not only helping us grow up with our children, where they're saying, I need you to be more patient right now. I need you to explain yourself right now. I need you to think about another person other than yourself right now. I need you to build skills in explaining processes that I don't understand right now, but, but so much more, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, I'm just like, I'm tired, <laughs> We're both tired. <laughs> but I think keep remembering that when our kids slow things down, there's growth to happen there. We, we feel like okay. it's roadblocks, but they're just slowing it us down. Mm-hmm. And they're like saying I need more information, I need more mm-hmm. agency, I need more connection, right? I need something. It's a need that they're saying when they're saying, hold up, hold up. We want our kids to grow up and say when they're in the workplace, well, no, but wait, wait, 
Why am I not getting that check? No, 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 no. Wait a second. Why is that in the office touching my ass thing happening? Uh, mm-hmm. No. Right. Saying that's a good thing to have. We want to, to honor mm-hmm. that impulse. Right. We want to nurture that impulse. And then we can still work with them through why it has to happen. Right. That's something we, we didn't realize we were signing on when we became mm-hmm. parents. I get to be that person that becomes their inner voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to make sure that voice is saying, you do you. Mm-hmm. I believe in you. You're entitled to what you want. You can be channeling that, that inner wisdom and authority that says, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. I think I need this. Why do I need this? Mm-hmm. We are that voice right now for our kids. And it's so hard to be leaning into that voice. But I will say it's an investment. Mm. If we can support our kids in understanding and building that inner wisdom and authority, that actually allows them, once that awareness happens and those skills are built around that awareness of what they need and why and how, they're actually able to connect to other people's needs, right? Mm -hmm. Support other people's inner wisdom and authority, right? Mm -hmm. Our kids can't think of other people or meet other people's needs successfully right? If they haven't been able to see to their own needs first, it's, it's an inside out approach. It's, it's very counterintuitive, so right? I know it feels so yeah. permissive. Um, Molly says, you make so much sense. I wish I could just have you in my ear in the hard moments. We're, We're with there. you. We're with you. We absolutely are. Yeah. Thank you so much. Having so much arg- quote unquote arguing with my 10 year old. And it's mm-hmm. been so exhausting. This helps so much. Um, thank you. I will try this. Yes. And honor his resistance. Yeah. Yes. No, we do a lot of nodding. Okay. We do okay. not. Yeah. We do not have to argue with our children. We don't. We can make everything when we're able, when we're regulated, when we're calm, when we've seen to our own needs, we can make everything a conversation instead of an argument. Mm-hmm. And when we like, it's so natural for us to feel like, oh my gosh, everything is like, yeah. miles uphill battle mm-hmm. it feels like that often well, we get and, that and often kids are just so literal too where they say i'm not going to school right and i will never be friends what, with her again what they're really saying is i'm struggling to go to school today and if we can just listen and honor and validate and help them mm-hmm. feel comfortable in the discomfort of the feelings they're experiencing we can normalize that we can be there with them then they move through and they transcend the feeling within 15 seconds a minute 10 minutes and then it's amazing to see how our kids will just be like, oh, and then I'm just going to school. All they needed to was to, needed to feel was heard, seen, felt, mm-hmm. and then the feeling was over, right? And they we got all, to the other side. We often talk about that with each other and with our partners, where yeah. I'm struggling with something, and I'm just like, I just want I want to go on a trip. And if my partner's like, we can't go on a trip because COVID and the stuff, and I just feel so shut down and hampered and just want to rage about it. Right. But if my partner's like. I know. I want to go on a trip too. And in, in their mind, they can just be like, why is she talking about this? this is so out of reach. This is never going to happen. You know the reality though. Yeah. And I even know the reality right. and I just need someone to be like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I see you. I hear you. I get you. Right. Yeah. Honoring the impulse, indulging the fantasy, mm-hmm. showing that there's connection there. Mm-hmm. And then you can transcend that discomfort rather than feeling rejected about it. Someone said, I struggle so much with limit setting on hitting and throwing. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, damage prevention feels so crucial to quote unquote control. Yeah. Um, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's so hard to put, uh, to put limits on kids that are dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's, it's that kind of do or die moment where we're like, gosh, I got to get in there and I got to say something and I got to stop them physically often. And if I can do it warmly, that's my personal goal Mm -hmm. is to say, you're trying to throw that. You're trying to hit her. I have to stop you. Or I'm going to make some space. Or I'm going to help move your little sister. Or I'm going to take that plant in a way. Or I'm going to help your body outside. We talk often about ways to set limits lovingly. We tend to put that pressure on our kids. Don't hit that. Don't touch her again. If you go over there one more time, right? We talk about toddler testing, but this is parent testing in action. Mm -hmm. And instead, we have to swiftly and neutrally and lovingly move forward confidently Mm -hmm. when we're able. And a lot of that takes our awareness and our intention beforehand. Is this something that cannot be crossed? Is this a limit or boundary that's got to be held, right? Knowing what our limits and boundaries are. Knowing. Communicating them yeah. ahead of time. Setting our kids up for success with yeah. them. And sometimes that, that happens after, quote unquote, failed attempts. And I come to what you. you or I come to Justin and I say, oh my gosh, 
But when my son keeps this or my daughter keeps going for this thing or this thing keeps happening, mm-hmm. the, the, we get that ding, ding. There's this repeating thing that we're stuck in a, in a pattern of some sort. Mm-hmm. What can we do about it? Where's my actual line of got to dive in there physically? Where's my actual line of maybe need to intervene vocally? Mm-hmm. What, where am I going to be? And that's part of our sensitive support staff role that we talk about is figuring out those places and those spaces and that can only happen lots of practice. And our kids give us that opportunity to be practicing over and over. There's no fail. There's no right or wrong. There's no, oh my God, I missed the boat because they hit their sibling or they emptied that plant right out of the pot or whatever it is. There's only practice, right? There's only progress, not perfection. But I think we're all we're all uh, fundamentally wired to believe, love the hearts, that uh, when someone gets hit, when something gets thrown, when something gets broken, when someone melts down, someone has failed. Mm-hmm. Our child has failed. We have failed. Something is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But none of that's wrong. All of these things are growth opportunities. We just have to look at them that way. We can lean into them that way. With hitting, with throwing, all of those things, if we can kind of, we talk about this in our sibling conflict guide and our big feelings guide, if we mm-hmm. can get notice those, those little things early and we can move in a little bit preemptively before things escalate, then we can help them help themselves. But I think a child that throws, a child that hits, is a child that's saying they need help. And so we just have to be there to help as best we can over and over and over again to rewire the impulse, basically, that they have to throw or to hit, which is developmentally normal, but if we can actually find a way, I know we're all busy, we're doing a million things, we got babies, right? But if we can be there to stop and reroute the impulse, we're showing them, mm-hmm. oh, when I feel this thing, oh, I'm not going to hit because mom's here to help me. Oh, I'm not going to throw because mom's here to help me. So we're stopping them, not in a punitive way, we're stopping them in a rerouting circuitry, preemptive way. Mm-hmm. So they, they hesitate when they have those feelings next. And then we're there, we're diving in. What are you needing? What's your body needing? Is it needing to throw something outside? Mm-hmm. Is it needing to hit some pillows? Do you want to do a jumping jack? Can you tell me how you're feeling right now? What do you need? We're connecting that the need and the feeling that's in their minds with the somatic experience in their bodies that's telling them to hit or to throw. Mm-hmm. And right. all of the experience in our bodies is saying, shut that down. I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing this behavior. I'm seeing these words. I'm seeing throwing oh things. Gosh. I'm seeing little babies being hit by things. Yeah. And we're focusing on that behavior. Like we talk about the waves on top of the water. And we've got to continue to, in this respectful parenting, conscious parenting thing, put those goggles on, go underwater. What's going on there? It takes so much Mm -hmm. bravery to look beyond the crazy, I'm not going to say crazy because I'm trying not to say crazy, the wild Mm -hmm. stuff our kids do that is so terrifying um, and triggering and all of these things. And to say instead, what do you need? What's going on? And sometimes it comes out like, what do you need? And that's okay too. (laughs) But just saying, I want to normalize this so that when you're older and you struggle with a feeling, which our kids are going to struggle with feelings forever. Mm -hmm. That's the human experience. They can feel safe in those feelings. They can feel okay moving through the feelings, not feeling the need to escape, to shame, to blame. Eat chips. Right? To do the things. But can say, I can sit here. And because my mom sat here with me, was curious, non-judgmental. Um, aware, kind, as often as she could be, that trained me to feel the same about my own feelings and my my friends and my family someday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back well, to I, the inner voice. Well, I said, um, the meet your own needs so you can all meet the needs of others thing. All of the people I've seen most seen and heard by are people who have done work to know themselves. Absolutely. Mm, love that. Hey, Adventure, when is it developmentally appropriate to expect personally bound, personal boundaries to be respected? My three-year-old lashes out when he feels rejected, trying to hold my boundaries warmly to prevent overwhelm. Mm, that's yeah. great. I mean, we we love saying like we'll know when kids can respect personal boundaries when they when they do respect it, personal right? boundaries. I feel like that's a wry yeah. phrase, like readiness and Magda Gerber. Readiness is when they do it, so we'll know mm-hmm. that they're ready to respect our personal boundaries when they start respecting our personal boundaries. So the work is not on them. To be meeting our expectations sooner or faster. Someone asked to be better. part of our... Oh, cool. We can okay. dive in there. It Let's might have been actually still there. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes people um, are like, what? No, I don't want to actually talk. Is it Brene Brown? Do you want to talk to us, Brene, about Brene? your family gap plan? Um, but, uh, but I think that with a three-year-old, they're needing you to continue to show them mm-hmm. that you have the personal boundaries, right? To show them, I got to stop your hand. 
you're jumping on me. Can I help you jump over here instead? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're still wanting to jump on me. I'm going to help move your body, right? We're not adding heat or energy if Mm -hmm. we can, because we don't want them to feel like, oh, that's curious. That's interesting. I'm going to keep testing that out. We just want to keep very simple. And again, with the rerouting, the impulses, you're wanting to jump. I'm going to move you here. You're wanting to pull my hair. I'm going to move your hand down. Okay. You're wanting to be close and I need space. I'm going to step out of the room. I'm going to go outside. I got to close the door and lock it for a second. I love you. I'll be right back. Right. And so that's setting the personal boundaries and then doing the work also through the modeling of, am I asking my child about their personal boundaries? I think a three-year-old, it struggles to understand how to respect our Mm -hmm. personal boundaries. They struggle to uh, resist their impulses. They struggle, but it's still having so much attachment and, and body connection to us. But I think we can still continue to help them on both ends with when they're touching our body and when we're touching their body. Right. Love it. Marcy, um, we're stuck in not eating at dinner with my newly four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Trying to use patience, acknowledge them, redirect, chat, etc. And um, I'm losing or failing at this daily. Oh, no failure. Oh, that's so no hard. failure at all. Yeah. And other people say, what do you do when you fail at resisting after arguing or yelling in, on both sides and wanting to mend? We can always mend. Um, and we talk about the circle back and that could be used for Marcy as well as I've noticed that you haven't been so into dinner lately. What's up? Even with a three-year-old, what's going on? Four-year-old, four-year-old, Four. newly four-year-old. Okay. Yeah. You know, How's or it going? when, when you can't resist and you argue and yell, that's mm-hmm. our chance to make amends. And we're not going to say, say you're sorry, or I'm going to go say, I'm sorry. I'm going to find a calm time to bring up this thing that terrifies the shit out of me and that I never want to talk about ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be brave about and normalize conflict, normalize challenges, normalize kids resisting a meal or resisting getting dressed or resisting bedtime or bath time or whatever the thing is. We can't always do it in the moment. We're yeah. human too, right? And that's okay. Yeah. That's the process of the practice. We can always follow up later when everyone's receptive. When yeah. reading, and someone also said when we're trying to help them makes them more angry. That's mm-hmm. something we can follow up too. Yeah. I was trying to help you earlier and it seemed like you really didn't like that. What can I do next time? Mm-hmm. Right? That's happened so often. I think that happens a lot too, because we're like, we want to be supportive. We Mm want to dive in there. We want to not fix, but like really do this resist approach or do a respectful parenting thing. And I think so much about this is letting go of having to do something and saying, I'm Mm -hmm. actually, my power is in my own self-regulation. My power is taking deep breaths. My power is chilling out and showing my child that everything is totally normal and just showing them with my own nonverbal communication of my body, my face, my mm-hmm. presence, my posture, all of those things go so far because at a certain point, kids are like too many words, freaking me out, mm-hmm. making this even worse, right? So every child is different. I think it's so great that you're noticing that it makes your child uh, a little bit more ramped up. Yeah. What, so say so less, nod more. One, right? one request went away. Um, I think they might've taken off, but we've got somebody else here um, right. who wants to be in our video. Oh, we've got two people. Cool. Should we go with this one and see if they're there? Yeah, let's try it. Um, We love it when people hop on and can kind of uh, connect IRL about what's going on with them. Some people just do a little bit better uh, face-to-face. So we totally get that. Um, Someone said, what if your child is resisting in the middle of something important? I took my children to an appointment today and ended up having to reschedule because my daughter was resisting me. Sure. That's going to happen. Oh my gosh. Way to go rescheduling instead of controlling. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's that's so so hard. It's hard. But again, we have to keep remembering that appointments and was this appointment for your child? I didn't see. I mean, I think that if it's an appointment for our child, especially, mm-hmm. even if it's for us and we're bringing our kid along, they're part of the process. We have mm-hmm. to keep remembering that we have to include them in, in this as best we can as yeah. when we're able to understanding what's going to happen ahead of time, mm-hmm. why it might happen, how they're feeling about it. How can they participate in feeling that sense of agency in their own lives, whether they're tagging along or or whatever it is with us, or it's an appointment about them, mm-hmm. you know? And think, there are times when we have to pull the plug. Yeah. And that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple, a couple stickers and other things here. Okay. Let's talk briefly until, um, if anyone wants to hop on and share, mm-hmm. um, it was for my other daughter, but I had no sitter. So I had to take my daughter. Oh, oh that is so hard. hard. I'm sorry that happened. It, it's so hard to not feel resentful and be like, you messed this this you ruined this appointment. I had to ah! reschedule it. Like that's so hard, but I think we have to keep remembering that our kids do well when they can. 
Mm-hmm. If our child, our, ch- our kids want to do well, mm-hmm. they want to be with us. As Ross they Green want. says, everyone prefers to do well, right. kids and adults. They do. Yeah. We all do. Our kids do too, especially mm-hmm. with their attachment figures. And if your daughter's not feeling that appointment, not wanting to do it, needing to assert personal boundary, needing mm-hmm. to say I need more space, more connection, more information, more agency, whatever it is, then that's where she's at. She's part of the puzzle. Okay, got to bring her in in a different way next time. And that's really tough doing an amazing job. Love it. What we did we talk about the dinner situation, so not wanting to eat things, not wanting to do stuff. Did we have that uh, podcast episode Free to Nourish? Yeah, I feel like we need a little more info for this, or I would say go to our Free to Nourish podcast episode where we talk about food, um, bathroom stuff, sleep time stuff, and how these are all very um, important processes our kids are experiencing and how our main job isn't to force them eat this go to sleep now, get clean in this way at this time, but to attune them to their processes um, and connect them to that and stay connected ourselves in as neutral a way as we can because we're trying to create positive associations, habits, rituals, values around these things. And the more important it is, the more kind of cool we want to try to be and where we got to do that. Where we have to find that middle way of not telling Mm -hmm. them what to do about their own bodies and not totally not telling them anything at all and bringing them in. Letting it all go, right? That's that permissive, rigid paradigm we so often find ourselves in. And we're finding that middle way instead saying, how can I help sensitively support and attune them to themselves? The dinner table, how can I bring my child into preparing the foods or choosing the foods or writing the menu or setting the table or doing fun things that create a positive association around mealtime? And then how can I trust that they are getting the food and the nutrition that they need? And that I'm not controlling around something that is ultimately theirs now and should be as they're moving Mm -hmm. and growing away from me. Right. Research shows that kids will round out their diet within Mm -hmm. seven to 10 days. I think it is. Um, uh, If you put enough out on the table. Right. So I think it's it's also just, again, with the eating, with the bedtime, Mm -hmm. with the hygiene, they're saying, I want control of my own body. Maybe I'm feeling some stress right now. And that's a way that I can... um, uh, feel connected and in yeah. control, right? And they have every right to control what they're eating or when they fall asleep, right? Or when they brush their teeth. They really do. Someone wants to uh, to join live. They can't Great. figure out how, so I'm going to ask them. Okay. And we have a little thing from Marcy here too. Okay. Encouraging bites. Each bite is hard work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would encourage bites less and just play it totally cool. Mm-hmm. Break the script. Be so <clears throat> neutral. Hope they don't wake up starving. Listen to multiple times. Le- listen to our free to nourish episode for yeah. sure. But it has some great um, uh, folks to read up on about division of responsibility. That's what they call it. I think Ellen yeah. Satter, Evelyn Triboli, mm-hmm. who's um, uh, intuitive eating expert. That all these these amazing women who've done a lot of research on eating and nutrition and supporting um, feeding basically and feeding in- intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and someone asked, does this podcast episode cover your kids stalling during bedtime? Mm. I think it, it does. Might. I think it we might. talk about bedtime and yeah. I think um, bedtime stalling is like any other transitional stalling. And we're going to have our new resistance guide out soon about challenging behaviors, mm-hmm. not just big feelings or sibling conflict. Um, oh, so, so-and-so is unable to join. That's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about bedtime stalling really quick, Han? Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, bedtime stalling is just like a lot of other uh, transition stalling. But I think that uh, when you think about bedtime and we can talk about those things, it's all very normal that they would stall because it's a separation. <gasps> we got in with somebody. Hello. Are you there? Might be accidental. Mm. That happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing self care. That's cool. They tried to get on earlier though. Mm. <sighs> Stalling is so normal, and I think that what what you were aiming towards and mm. moving towards, Hannah, is yeah. that bedtime is a release. It's a separation from us, mm-hmm. from parent between parent and child. It's like dropping them off at school or doing any of those other things. Yeah. Um, it's a separation. It's really hard for kids. What is falling asleep? You're falling. Where are you going? <laughs> right. Like... And also, it's also at the end of the day when there's a lot of pent up stress, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, um, they're wanting more connection. Maybe they're needing mm-hmm. more sensory integration with their body, like where they've done flips and spins, where they feel like 
they're they're ready and their their body's ready to really let go. It's such a release from us, from from the world, right? It's a lot going into that, right? And so I think that we have to 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 kind of go at it in a, a loving, understanding way, but also with our boundaries, with our plan, you know, and be working that plan. I always think about bedtime as sort of like. I mean, I think about Big Top Pee Wee all the time. I love Pee Wee Herman. But I think a bedtime is sort of this three ring circus. Mm. And we're the the leader of the that. ringmaster. We're the ringmaster. <laughs> and and that helps me channel a role that says, Come on in everyone. This is gonna be amazing. We're gonna see this. We're gonna do this. It's gonna be wonderful. I'm gonna create this vision for you, this amazing vibe of I wanna go there. I wanna do that. I wanna be part of that thing. Right. Right. In a way that I do not do in any other realm of my kid's life. I don't have to convince them. I don't have to pep them up. I don't have to make it all exciting and do anything. And and I don't. It's really more of my mental preparation for Mm -hmm. the role of I'm stepping into this and I want this to feel good and be good. Mm -hmm. And bedtime can have all these steps and rituals. Next, we'll hear the the beard bearded woman. <laughs> Next, the 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 horses riding Feast around. Drives. Feast <laughs> You know, we don't have to sell them on it, but we need to sell ourselves on it. I think that's the thing that it's I think you're into, Kelty, is saying, "Wow, bedtime for a child is already tough to say goodbye, to say mm-hmm. goodnight, to process and integrate physically and mentally and mm-hmm. emotionally everything that happened during the day." But damn. We are going through the same thing, being like, I need my space. I must go away. Drink wine, Netflix, partner. Right. All the things. Or laundry, work, all these other things we need to do. Right. And so it's so hard for us to show up in a way that invites. And I think that's the word that we want to focus on with bedtime, mealtime, toothbrushing time. It's an invitation. We're using uh, an invitation rather than a demand. We're using our influence rather than control, mm-hmm. right? And our power, right? Step right up. Right, step right up. <laughs> Come on in. It's going to be fun. You're going to oh. love this, right? What do we need at night? You know, think about the things we need, the lower lights, the calm, the cozy, mm-hmm. right? Not someone who's saying what time it is. Not someone who's demanding things of us, mm-hmm. right? Think about those things and, and what our child is needing. And then hold fast to that stuff with the bedtime routine. Say, like, we love the happy sleeper. We would love to recommend Mm -hmm. them. Instagram book, the happy sleeper. They talk about that process, that middle way that we talk about where we're not permissive, just fall asleep whenever, and we're not rigid. with me. I'm going to bed at seven, and I have to lie here with you on top of me. Which a lot of folks do. And and a little more rigid. Like, I'm going to lock you in your room Mm -hmm. at at this time, and you're crying and struggling. There's a middle way to go about it, and Mm -hmm. it has to do with, scaffolding patience time a little bit of a process Mm -hmm. but it's worth it it's an investment just like everything we do with our kids so the happy sleeper we would recommend for sleep stuff love it yeah a few people have asked if we could talk about family manifestos like we said we would Mm -hmm. because this week um on instagram mostly we're talking about that we're talking about our family agreements our family rules Mm -hmm. our family manifestos and intentions and how to be setting those things with our kids especially those older kids we're like, what are our rules? What are our guideposts? What, can we be setting a little bit of intention around chores, um, communication styles, spaces, all of these things? And mm-hmm. we're curious to hear what everyone else is going through in that realm. We've got a bunch of comments. What's happening here? Boy to the bang. Boy. I have a bedtime issue with my oldest daughter. It's partly my fault because I actually love her sleeping with me. Mm. She is my oldest too, and it makes me emotional with how fast she's growing. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I love this single mom here, and by bedtime, I'm just so done. I need to shift my perspective and be present. Whatever yeah. you can do, whatever you can manage, like to the bang, to the ball. Um, anything you can manage. Like I think that, um, gosh, we, we only have the capacity that we have. Mm-hmm. We can find ways to... To, to change our mindset, to change our mantras, mm-hmm. to gear up for situations we know are going to be tough with our kids. And then the rest has to happen. And then we get drunk, mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board the next day. But I think so much of right. the bedtime resistance stuff is about my inner resistance, mm-hmm. mine, not my kids. And ways mm-hmm. that I've, like, little hacks that we've done where I only tell stories that I want to tell. So about my childhood, about our time in Spain as kids, mm-hmm. or about Anna Green Gables, and I make them up. That's it. 
that's on the menu. That's all I talk about for stories because I can be engaged and then I'm influencing my kids in a positive way. Yeah. You're and showing that up in a way that helps them. Right. Yeah. Um, and I have a little earbud for once I lie down, I'm like, you're going to lie down a little bit. I can stay with you. Mm-hmm. If you can lie down, I'll be right here. And they're like, okay. And then I just listen to my podcast or my TV show or whatever and it your is. your presence is there. My presence is but there. But you're not feeling resentful. I'm not feeling stuck. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you're finding that middle way. Mm-hmm. Needs, needs. You've got needs, child. Mm-hmm. I've got needs with this bedtime situation. Mm-hmm. How can we get our needs met? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we're surprised by how fast our kids are willing to meet us with those mm-hmm. needs right, right in the middle. When it's not either or, it's and, right? Good idea. I'm always letting them choose the story and so not into it. Yeah. Yeah. Think don't about t- where you can don't take tell some a of that story back. you're not into. Yeah. It's, where, it's going to be a bad story. <laughs> where can you give them the power and where can you hold your power? I'm sure there's an agreement you can find. And with that, yeah. with that come right in, step right up. The like circus mentality is, okay, I've got three things. When I was little and got hurt, my kids love those stories, anything, mm-hmm. and I make a lot of them up. When I was in Spain and I tried amazing foods and met really cool people. Or Anne, Gilbert, and Diana getting into some sort of mischief in Avonlea. What do you want to do? <laughs> And I'm like, these are literally the only things I will talk about or I'm going to storm out and slam the door. But the way I say it is, step on right up. Come on right in. We're in the circus tent. We're here together. Take your pick. This is going to be amazing, everyone. Get the popcorn and the cotton candy. Mm -hmm. Love it. We keep getting pushed away from our family manifesto talks. But it's a big deal for us this week. We've been talking a lot about family intentions and setting those goals, mm-hmm. especially as those kids go, get older. Those conversations happen where we get into those modes of, in our family, we this, mm-hmm. or in our family, we don't ever, whatever it is. And it's so natural for us to, we did a little video about it today, so check out our Instagram um, page about it. But mostly we go into and slip into, in our family, we don't use harsh words. In our family, we don't um, slam doors in our family. We other. don't hurt each other in our family. We don't this or, or they're very high ideals in our family. We respect each other in our family. We're happy all the time in our family. We say clean thank up after you ourselves. And, and please and clean up after yeah. ourselves and all these things. And I think that, that while it's good to have intention and set goals for ourselves, we want to be creating these family manifestos in a way that is realistic to reality and not setting us all up for failure. And that's, right. and I think that that was kind of the, the impetus, the impetus mm-hmm. and the principal uh, motivator in connecting about all this was when we saw Brene Brown's family gap plan, mm-hmm. which is five steps to basically what she talked about, elevate and raise the, the energy in her home when everyone was struggling. And what we looked at as, putting pressure on people who are struggling, who couldn't perform, who couldn't raise the level of energy and connection in their home. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And I think that whether or not you have a family plan or family manifesto Mm -hmm. or family rules, we have to remember that we're already living by them because we're the parents in charge. They exist whether they're on a pretty chalkboard or on our refrigerator or in our brains as expectations for our kids. We don't this, you don't this, kids don't, brothers don't, older sisters don't, dads don't. Mm -hmm. We have these expectations and that's what they are is, is putting them on paper and saying, is this reasonable? Is this a reasonable expectation? Is this, is this okay? Or should I just mail this to Santa and hope for the best? Because it's absolutely not. Right. It's so hard. So great. LOL. My husband was just joking around declaring things like, in our family, we call it a rotary, not a roundabout. <laughs> Love it. But in our family. So yeah. that's the, the print we just designed. We figured, like, what, what would be in our family? What are, What does upbringing stand for? So we designed an 18 intention kind of document. Um, you should check it out. See if it resonates with you. Maybe it'll inspire you to create your own. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not a binary prescriptive type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay. What's next? Nothing. We have a few minutes left. We started a little bit late. Yeah, we can um, go over a little bit. I think it's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have any advice on how to console younger kids that aren't yet talking? 
We're in a tricky phase right now, not being able to communicate verbally through the meltdowns, and our son is two. Oh, yeah. I mean, that pre-verbal time is so tricky. Yeah, but we have to remember that no matter what age, meltdown, no language will get through. Doesn't matter if they're one, two, five, 40, 40. When your brain has gone from from regulated, integrated to total dysregulation, Mm -hmm. words don't get through. And all kids need, all humans need when we're struggling is a a calm, loving presence. And again, we cannot underestimate the power of our presence with our kids. And even if our two-year-old can't say anything, he's showing us through his behavior and his, his feelings, right? That he's struggling and he has dysregulated. The demands of the world have exceeded his capacity to meet them, right? That's so normal, right? And so all we have to do is co-regulate. That's what we say, right? We self-regulate and we co-regulate, right? Mm-hmm. And so that all we need to do is be close. We need to keep him safe. We need to have a loving, understanding expression on our faces, right? We just need to show that we're there and we understand. We don't want to look concerned. We don't want to look pointed. We don't want to look disinterested. We want to look connected. That's the goal with Supporting our kids' big feelings, whether it's a two-year-old tantrum, a five-year-old whining, mm-hmm. an eight-year-old um, a verbally abusing whining. us. Whining. It doesn't yeah, matter, exactly. right? Talking back. We just need to nod and show with our physical presence, right? Mirror mm-hmm. neurons, baby. All of us have mirror neurons in our brain. So when we see someone yawning, that's why we yawn. When we see someone smiling or laughing, that's why we automatically are like, oh, oh my gosh. When we see someone crying, it's so much easier for us to tank a little bit, right? And so we have to remember the power of our presence. Also with our kids, if our kids tantruming, it's really hard to not Mm -hmm. lose our shit, but we have more capacity than our kids do. So it's our job to take the lead and to calm and to regulate ourselves. And that will translate to them, right? Monica GC, sempre falo sobre isso também. Oh, também. Okay. The boy... A gente não consegue entender o poder que temos diante no, uh, dos, dos nossos, nossos filhos. People don't um, uh, follow and understand the power that we have, right? In speaking to our in kids. speaking to our kids, right? There's so much power in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutamente. Yeah. Someone said, any immediate tips for bringing ourselves down and regulating in the moment? Or a podcast where you teach that. We're actually working yeah. also on a self-reg uh, guide. But yeah, I mean, that's the number one step is that um, that oxygen mask. How, do, how can we be a sensitive support staff for our kids until we are regulated ourselves? Mm-hmm. Until we say, this is all okay that I'm seeing. I'm feeling regulated. I'm putting up my bubble. My, I mean, we talk about it so often. Is it a mask? Is it a bubble? Is it a force field? Is it a uniform? Is it a hat? Talk about the, the trusty sensitive support staff hat. What is it that says, I am gearing up to gear down to support you, mm-hmm. right? Because I think it's so often that our kids meet us re- with resistance, big feelings, challenging behaviors, and we go up to meet them with Mirror that, neurons, with that energy that you were just talking about. Yeah. Say, so I'm going to match that. And we start going like this, mm-hmm. right? And you have needs. What about my needs? Right. So they come like this and we come like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, some of your positive discipline trainings that you've done, Hannah, talk about a, a hand in hand. Well, that's a, that's a, a discipline. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like so thing. So yeah. yes, we're technically sort of responsible for our kids and above them, but we're connected. Mm-hmm. We're, we're integrated. It's not like this. It's not like this. Mm-hmm. We're hooked in together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's helping people who are listening on the podcast. Probably, I know, probably not. <laughs> But I think that um, our Free to Feel podcast episode talks about our kids' freedom to feel, talks about our uh, freedom mm-hmm. to feel as well, but our, also our responsibility as the parents, the one in charge, the one with the most power, to find ways to regulate mm-hmm. our nervous system so that we can be a support to the kids that we have taken on, right? Yeah. Whole Child Home says, oh my God, yes, a self reg guide. You guys rock. We would love to do that. Monica says... Eu amei saber que vocês falam português e eu amei isso que você falou sobre o poder das mães. Sim, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. aprender na universidade. Yeah, we learned in college, and yeah, that the hand 
powers. That's kind of cool. But it, it's Susan, Susan Stiffelman is where I remember seeing that. She's great. Like, who's the captain who's in power? Um, she is a MFT, Marriage and Family Therapist, mm-hmm. I believe it is. And she's got some great books. I think Parenting Beyond Power Struggles, uh-huh. Parenting with Presence. She's fantastic. Blair said, can you talk about parenting boys a bit? I tend to get more afraid with his behavior because of patriarchy concerns. I want so badly to parent him differently than I was parented. I'm not harsh with him, but his behavior seems more triggering sometimes. Oh, man. I think so often we can be like, oh, my gosh, especially with our boys, right? Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. you cannot behave that way. We see (gasps) these little boys as men. Consent. Patriarchy. Don't infringe on on your little sister's body. Do not uh, disrespect body. a woman. Don't disrespect me yeah. as chief woman. Yeah. Right. I don't want you to become the uh, a person that would do that. Yeah. That's so scary. We we become paralyzed by that so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we try to look at all of our kids as little humans and not differentiate in that way, and know that society and culture will be crafting sort of a, a context for them to exist in that we can be at home busting and neutralizing in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Liz, Feminista Fabulous. Liz Plank. Liz Plank is so wonderful because she mm-hmm. talks about toxic mascul- masculinity in a way that is based on empathy. Um, you should follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's got a great book, For the Love of Men. But she talks about how men do not need more control, just like women don't. Mm-hmm. All children need connection. Men need to know, boy, little boys need to know that their feelings matter mm-hmm. and that their natural aggression and impulse control issues and big feelings and bodies, strong bodies, like the more we focus on what was the, the root cause and the need, right, and less of the shaming and controlling the behaviors, mm-hmm. they can understand themselves in a way that they can move more adaptively into the world without having been repressed children, right? Yeah. I think oftentimes we believe, we're like, oh, this generation of men, multiple generations, they could do anything they wanted. But no, boys have also been incredibly controlled in the home, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not with their aggression, but definitely with their feelings. And feelings create aggression. They're all connected. So we want to support our boys just the same way we support our girls. We have to yeah. keep remembering. But I think they're all in the but same it's boat. it's so hard for us. I feel like a lot of us as as fierce feminists come home and say, oh no, you cannot talk to a woman that way. You will not be someone that interrupts women when they're speaking. You will not be someone who shames women for their body. You will not be someone who disrespects. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. So I'm going to crack down harder on you as a little boy. You will clean up your shit because women are not going to do that. You do not talk to women that way. Mm -hmm. So go to your room. And in those moments, we are channeling the patriarchy that we are fighting against. We are, we are taking that on and putting it on our kids who are victims, they're, as they're, all of us are. And our children are more human than they are male or female. Mm-hmm. We have to keep remembering and keying mm-hmm. into the humanity of our kids beyond gender. I love that. Thank you all for being here. This has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Just learned tonight that you lived in Spain as children and speak beautiful Spanish. Love that. I wouldn't say it's beautiful Spanish. It's no. it's pretty rusty, but we, mm-hmm. we did spend summers there and, and are very grateful for that opportunity with our aunt, um, who we love and miss very dearly. And Spain and Barcelona specifically will always be a very, very special place in our hearts. Um, we brought our daughters there. Um, hopefully someday our sons. We hope to go back there someday. Yeah. Thanks for sharing with that. I don't know how you know that about us. <laughs> Not sure. Thanks, H and K. Good to be here with you for a bit. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you, girl, so much. We love you so much. Yeah. This was so nice. I feel like I feel, we haven't been doing a lot of videos. We haven't been mm-hmm. connecting with you all that much lately. And that's why we're so excited to be doing these yeah. lives twice a week now, Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Thursdays. Yeah. Just be getting out there and be, um, hopefully, which we're trying to do now, getting into some of the DMs that people have been sending that we've been struggling to reply to mm-hmm. and we want to be bringing to the table as well. Um, yeah. Obrigada. Obrigada também. Obrigada você. Yeah, but I think that what we're, we're talking about membership community in January. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that, go to upbringing.co forward slash join. So if you want to be talking about this more, mm-hmm. where there are fewer of us, where we can really connect with your situations, your families, right? Um, bring that resist approach and the freedoms model and everything we talk about a little more personally um, into context mm-hmm. with you. 
um, where you can be in a like-minded community where, where it's just a little bit smaller than what we've got now, which we, we love and we're so grateful for. Um, someone said, thank you all so much. I really appreciate all your advice. We appreciate you being here. And we just want to give everyone grace to and permission in this moment that we're feeling so much right now. Grace for all of the quote unquote mistakes we make and our kids make. That's okay. No we're failure. All, no failure. No fail. We're no just fail. moving through. We always have the circle back to connect. When we feel like, I don't want to talk about that again, that's when we got to be like, hey, so this thing happened. It's not a grill back. It's a, can we connect? What could I do differently? Okay. What were you needing? What was I needing? We can be building context outside the moment. So in the moment, when our kids are having a tantrum or a meltdown or whining or we end up screaming at them, we can put a pin in it in our mind and say, I'm going to talk about this later in a really loving way that's going to build skills and brain in a way that none of us can do right now. And that's okay. okay. And I think that's the conversation we can have with ourselves as Mm -hmm. well. We don't always have to have this with our kids or maybe they're not old enough yet. Mm -hmm. And we can say, give ourselves grace and say, what was I needing? What was my child needing? We can try this again. It's Mm -hmm. okay. I'm giving myself permission to move through challenges as a human, not with a set of rules that was given to me by someone else or even cultivated optimistically naively and naively <laughs> myself right yeah. all of us is moving through and rewriting the rules every day right we get to do that we don't have to set up rules and then have to live up to them or break them right or break yeah. them or fail to by them right we can create rules as we move through the day Right. I think we so often talk about parenting as like a moving target and our kids development Mm -hmm. changing and shifting and moving all the time. And our, our intention and our approach and our goals can be changing in that same way. It's okay if we're constantly moving, if we're constantly saying, I thought that was okay. And now not so much, or I thought not so much. And now I'm like, I'm feeling okay about it. Mm -hmm. That's okay too. We can, we can embody that fluid feeling that we're trying to convey to our kids in making mistakes, being human loving, hating, being angry, being sad, being rude, hurting people, breaking things. All of that is human. It is all okay. All okay. And if if we can just normalize that, I really think so much of it is it's happening anyway. Our Mm -hmm. families are evolving and growing already. It's just us catching up cognitively to the fact that that's happening. That's okay. And that we don't have to be Uh, comparing ourselves to this rigid binary system of judgments that we've all grown up in in every institution in our lives. We own the institution in our families. We are are creating it with our our partners, maybe, with other family members, with our children, right? And we get to participate in that. And we get to call the shots with that, that we don't have to apologize and feel feel really shitty and feel guilt or shame. There's no Mm -hmm. shame in growing up alongside our kids. Yeah, it's all about our ever-evolving presence Yeah, in the moment or just generally with building awareness. Mm-hmm. And we, we can be growing inside and outside the moment when we can. Yeah, And when we can't, that's okay too. Thank so we're grateful that you're all here. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate your advice. I just love the way you two help me think things through. It's beautiful. Yes, thanks for saying this. I keep expecting perfection of myself and then feeling very defeated. Grace for mamas too. So mindful. Everything's okay. Love that. Feel like I grew up thinking everything had to be something else and not just what it is. Yes. Yeah. Love that. It is what it is. We are what we are. We're all moving. We're all growing. This is all good stuff. Conflict is good. Challenges are good. The hard stuff's a good stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll be here. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Two days. You're doing an amazing job. We're all really proud of you. You're doing the work. You should be proud of yourself. Right? We'll have this back on our IGTV tab. Yeah and our podcast um we're going to start you can probably see if you're watching some video we have little mics so we're going to be having these uh for audio as well for anyone who wants to listen instead of instead of watch or be on instagram check out what we posted on instagram today about these family plans manifestos Mm -hmm. all of that stuff we'd love to hear your thoughts um head on over to our shop we have um a family manifesto that we created today 18 intentions that just resonated with us maybe they will resonate with you maybe they'll inspire you to create your own that's the idea behind this is that we get to rewrite these inherited legacies Mm -hmm. of control of white patriarchy of all the things that don't feel that great to us and we can start fresh we're giving you permission we're giving ourselves permission i'm gonna bring it up so you can read them yeah 
podcast starts again up in the new year, but we're doing all these lives on the podcast. So, and including this week, Mondays was one that didn't end up on Instagram. So oh, check yeah. that out. Someone was asking about it. Yeah. Last week, our Instagram got canceled, but we had the audio. So yeah. check that out on the um, podcast. Oh, you wanted to read our, yeah. in our family. So it's in our 18 our intentions. family, where we usually want to be like, we don't, we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't, as in stop driving me crazy. Maybe Brene will come on Thursday. Wouldn't that be awesome? Someone That'd be asked. pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. We'd love to talk to her and amend her gap plan. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, so in our family, we acknowledge that power is privilege. We see challenges as opportunities. We vulnerably speak our truths. We remember we're all doing our best. We respect a difference of opinion. We consider what's beneath behaviors. We honor body attunement and autonomy. We recognize big feelings need empathy. We hold our boundaries and limits warmly. We search for humor in the hard moments. We value the spirit of collaboration. We strive to show unconditional love. We practice connection after struggle. We believe conflict can nurture growth. We accept that learning takes time. We value progress over perfection. We grow up alongside one another and we bravely can try it all again tomorrow. Lovely. Thank you all for being Thank here. You all. See you again on Thursday. Thank you.